0: Tourism is the Bahamas' major economic asset and the largest contributor to jobs and economic growth. The sector, however, has been one of the hardest hit by COVID-19 and came to a screeching halt at the beginning of the pandemic and for several months after. The tourism industry has since gradually reopened, which has resulted in increased economic activity and the redeployment of some furloughed workers. Though it is projected that we will not see pre-pandemic tourist levels until maybe in 2024, we remain hopeful. Some believe that the Bahamas should diversify its economy away from tourism and into other industries in search of economic growth. Tourism, however, is undeniably the country's major export industry and expanding other economic industries at the expense of tourism is probably not good economic sense. It is imperative now more than ever for the Bahamas to explore better ways to improve tourism while simultaneously ensuring that the nation's tourism sector works for the benefit of the citizenry. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Seafile Talks. I'm Pamela Ferguson, Vice President of Investments here at CFILE. And joining me in studio are Lachelle White, Investments Manager, Angelo Butler, Senior Analyst here at CFILE, and Anthony Ferguson, President and Founder of CFILE. In today's episode, we will dissect the Bahamas' tourism industry and discuss ways to make tourism work for the citizenry. What does tourism mean for the Bahamas and communities across the length and breadth of this country? Well, as you
1: mentioned, Pam, tourism is the number one industry in the Bahamas. It's our largest export, and many would describe it as the bread and butter of our economy. So it is very important in that sense. As well, um, we have... We use it as our main source of foreign exchange, so we get most of our tourists comes from the United States, so we get lots of U.S. dollars, and um, the U.S. is one of our largest um, partners, the largest places that we import from, so we use that to buy imports and the food that we eat, the cars that we drive, the furniture in our homes, so tourism um, is the gateway that makes that happen.
2: Yeah, I think... Um, every household in this country in some way or the other um, benefits directly from tourism and so you know it's pretty um, significant you know I'm I'm still surprised um, from time to time when I visit you know some of the resorts um, you know I always see someone else that I know that now works in tourism or is some way um, you know tied to that industry and so I think it's very significant I think sometimes we take for granted how much People, um, this industry is impacted. um, And, you know, while we should um, look at diversifying, I I think it's important to understand that this has done well for us and and put us in somewhat of a good position so far.
3: Well, I mean, you know, people keep talking about diversifying, right? So I have two uh, opinions on that. Um, diversify does not necessarily mean Getting away from tourism, it could mean growing the economy and growing other sectors of the economy um, in in one sense. The other sense is we have not um, maximized the tourism dollar because of a lack of um, cultural heritage and attractions for persons who visit us to do. If we were to diversify within the tourist space, we could probably add another... 500 to $1 billion in new income uh, to the country.
0: I think putting it it into perspective, uh, for 2019, that's pre-pandemic, tourism contributed $4.125 billion um, to our GDP and was responsible for over 39,000 jobs. So like all of you mentioned, it is really important uh, to the economic development and success of our country. So, how has the pandemic affected the Bahamas tourism industry in terms of visitor arrivals and expenditure?
2: So, I think we you know it was pretty evident of course that the pandemic had shut the industry down um uh, for some sort of extended period, and I don't think any of us say three years ago could have envisioned um something like that um but you know we do i think pre pandemic we had about seven million visitors um in total, and I would say about five million or so of those were. Um, sea arrivals, whereas, you know, 1.5 to 2 million of those were air arrivals. So, you know, sea gives us the bigger per passenger number, but, you know, the air arrivals is the one that really drives um, and pushes the economy because those persons tend to stay longer. They spend more money, um, you know, and and the economy gets a wider uh, benefit than just a tourist that comes in town for seven, eight hours on the cruise ship. Um, you know, so there's the mix of both of them, and, and we have to look at ways to continue to get back to those levels um, as well as to draw more funds out of those um, tourists as they come.
3: Well, I mean, certainly on the cruise passengers, well, first of all, um, as we speak, um, the overnight visitors are basically at max out right now. But with respect to cruise passengers, 2022 bookings are ahead of 2019 that's a pre-pandemic and 2023 is ahead of 2022 so we are definitely on to um certainly in ship numbers um out doing what we did pre-pandemic the only challenge right now is those cruise lines are between 50 and 75 percent full so i would say by the end of the year Uh, once COVID is behind us, that uh, in 2023, we should be back to pre-pandemic cruise um, arrivals. And so, in the meantime, what the government needs to do, along with uh, business persons, is to clean up downtown. I saw this morning, the DPM made a commitment to do that. Um, But we need to clean up downtown, and then we need to have more attractions um, and, you know, museums and cultural um, destinations that the tourists can come off the ship and, and learn more about the Bahamas and, and, of course, extract some of that dollars from them.
1: Yeah, so the pandemic did um, really have a very dramatic impact on our tourism numbers, on our visitor arrivals um, You even see um, data from NAD showed that I think it was like during the first few months um, that the country was closed, Um, international arrivals were somewhere like 400, down from 160,000 in the previous year. So it really um, did have a dramatic um, impact. And as um, Anthony alluded to, um, right now, the stopover visitors, which are... I guess they make more money for the country. They're ahead of the cruise arrivals, um, which before it was um, the opposite. Cruise arrivals were ahead of stopover visitors, but because of what is going on in the cruise industry, um, we now see we have more stopover visitors than we do um, have with cruise arrivals. But basically we are in a flux, so it's not the same as it was before. As Angela mentioned, we had like a record number, seven million tourists, um before the pandemic so we will see a gradual shift to back where it used to be and I think that this is a great opportunity for us to sort of rebrand our products and improve our products um, so that we can so that going forward that we can offer a better tourism product as we come out of the pandemic Mr. Ferguson mentioned that by the end of the year we should be um, out of it. Um, I guess he has a crystal ball. <laughs> but I mean, hopefully, um, fingers crossed that we are and that we can come out um, from this bigger and better, especially in the tourism industry.
3: No, no crystal ball. You see the UK just abandoned all. Uh, Florida has been doing that for a while. Um, it's going to end up being the common flu. So, you know, we, we will learn to live with it.
0: Yeah, I see where um, while economic activity is picking up on the tourism um, side. We are still, though, substantially below um, what we were experiencing pre-pandemic because when you have 7.2 million arrivals um, to your shores um, in 2019 compared with, for 2021, um, just over 2 million in total, Um, and most of that still being the cruise ship passengers. I think we still have a long, long way to go um, to get those um, pre-pandemic numbers, but we can look at it as an opportunity that right now we need to be doing the stuff um, that will help grow this product so that when these tourists come in, um, they'll have things to do and then we'll get more economic benefit from them being here. after we have gotten um, um our infrastructure in order,
2: and I think you you know there's a perfect example of how we've sat back and almost wasted time um as you mentioned while things were shut down, if you know as simple as the water tower downtown right it's you know every country people want to go to the highest point and be able to see. Um, you know, a nice view. And, you know, it's been two years. That's been, well, that's been close to years. 20 years. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've had two years where we haven't been doing anything. The site has just been closed. We haven't been making these upgrades to try and take advantage of it. So, um, you know, in a lot of cases, we have just been sitting down and, and whatever else is working, we've been been going with.
0: What type of tourists do we attract and have attracted over the years? And what impact do they have on the country's tourism product?
1: Um, I think there has been a shift um, in the type of tourists that we have attracted. Um, we do now attract a more diverse um, groupings of tourists than we did in the past. We used to market it and I just always always hated this sun, sand, and sea. So you always had like sort of like what I call the retail tourists who just came to go to the beach or go to Atlantis and bring their families. But now you're seeing um, more. We did have this in the past, but now you're seeing tourists in more targeted areas. So you're seeing people who come to do Um, bone fishing and you're seeing persons who come to do boating and you're seeing um, persons that come to like um, experience um, nature Um, but basically we are still in that model of the big hotels and you know the family fun they are the couples coming so we do have while we do have a lot of different things to offer and more than we did in the past I think we still have a long way a long way to go and, yeah, as mentioned before, um, this is the time that we have to... We should have started long before, but this is the time now to, to do so.
2: And I think one type of um, tourist that we attract as well is, is group business. Um, that, that has not really come back as strongly yet. Um, and I think, you know, only when we see that come back fully would you see um, a lot of the effects. But those persons tend to come, you know, f- the best performers in these large companies... Um, in the u s and europe um travel down there two hundred three hundred of them at a time um you know and they have conferences they you know do different tours they go to different islands um so there's a mix right now I think you have the spring breakers. um you know I saw a video from the resorts world in bimini and, you know it was a large group of young college students um down there to have a good time so I think we um you know have a pretty diverse grouping of tourists.
0: You know, I like statistics because uh, I think it's important to understand, you know, where we are based on the actual numbers so we can know where we need to be. So according to uh, a report by the Ministry of Tourism, in 2019, 70% of our visitors indicated that they came here for the beaches. And that's up from the 68% in 2008 that said they came for the beaches. Um, during the same year, 56% of the visitors came because of the climate, the sun, the, the sun and the sand, and that's up from 31% in 2005 that said they came here for the climate. And Also in 2019, 47% of the visitors to our country came for relax and rest, and that's um, linked to the hotel facilities. I came to the hotel to rest and have relaxation, and that's up from 10% in 2005. I thought that was interesting. And about 26% of the visitors said that they came to the country for shopping, and that's down from 36% in 2010. So when I look at these numbers, I see opportunity. There's nothing in here, Mr. Ferguson mentioned, cultural heritage sites. There's nothing about our cuisine and our food. So people basically come to our country for the beaches, for the sun and the sand, and to go to the hotel. And the Instagram photo. <laughs> yes, right? So I look at so much opportunity we have to expose them to our culture and to enjoy it. And so I think there we have a lot of work to do. But I think there's opportunity for that economic impact for tourism to be felt amongst the citizenry.
1: Yeah, we do have a lot of work. I mean, we have, look at the glass bottom bridge. It's so amazing. And I think that, you know, we have such an opportunity, but we don't, I don't think that we properly um, manage our heritage sites. Like Angela mentioned, the water tower has just been sitting there. Um, So we do have a lot of opportunity, but we need to to have some focus on what our plan is going to be for growing tourism.
0: Tourism success tends to be pegged to an absolute number. For instance, the actual number of tourists that visit the country's shores. Is this methodology suitable or even sustainable? And what are the shortcomings of using such a metric as opposed to actual direct economic contribution like tourism expenditure? Um,
1: I think that it is a useful metric, but it should not be the only one that we should rely on. Um, I think it's, you know, a flashy number. You know, we had 7 million, you know, visitor arrivals who sounded for a country of 400,000 people to attract all of those people um, to their shores. But we need to look closer at what the tourists are spending. We need to look closer, as you mentioned, at what they are experiencing. And I don't think we do enough of that because maybe the numbers aren't as impressive as we would like them to be. So I think that we need to... um, have some reliance on it because, as we said that this is the most important part of the economy, so we need to know how much is this contributing to our economy okay you have we had the seven million tourists, five million of them were cruise passengers, and we all know that cruise passengers, unless they come off the ship it's not really going to um, impact our economy um, outside of the taxes um, that they have to to pay the passenger taxes.
0: And, you know, you mentioned unless they come off the ship, because when I travel from west to east and I see those cruise ships, I mean, they're like hotels, like hotel. (laughs) I mean, of course, cruise ships were always hotels on the water, but these massive ships. And then I'm saying, okay, this massive ship with all of the amenities, the latest amenities, like why would somebody want to come off that ship to go down to be welcomed by a dirty Nassau downtown (laughs) unless you were, oh, there was some cultural event or there's some cuisine that you must taste while you're in the the Bahamas or you want to go to the beach?
1: Yeah, there's no incentive, really. I mean, you do have, we have um, small businesses that um, have, like, attractions and they're able to attract people off of the cruise ships, but for the most part, I think most of them... Um, stay on the cruise ships. Um, Downtown is not very impressive at all. There's a lot of jewelry stores. You can buy perfume and t-shirts. And of course, there is the straw market, which I think is, you know, basically the only one of the only cultural things, and you also have, like, Pompeii Square. You mean with
0: the knock-off goods? That you get? <laughs> are
1: they still getting I mean, the knock-off have, goods? I uh, authentic <laughs> but then uh, you have the Pompeii Museum and everything. And I think um, you have, but we have to, I guess, strategically um, think about what we're going to do. I mean, downtown, that's the closest place um, to the cruise port. So that should be, like, if nothing else in your on your island looking good, that should be, you know, like wow, they should be wowed to want to come off the ship, like to want to experience the uh, cuisines. And there are a lot of, um, there are a few restaurants down there, but I don't think they focus on Bahamian cuisine. And so I just think that we just have to do, we have to do a lot more than we've been doing. We've just been um, so focused on that top line numbers of visitor arrivals that we're not really looking um, to see what they are contributing to the economy overall.
3: But well, I mean, okay, if you, let's take the cruise the cruise sector for. Our average cruise spent per tourist is approximately $50. In St. Martins, for example, it's closer to $200. So if we were to just get up to St. Martins level, that would add close to a billion dollars annually to our economy, right? And so I think it's imperative that the government, because it only could be government-led now And not in terms of government spending money, but government-led in terms of enforcing and ensuring the people who own property downtown maintain a certain standard. If not, you know, government have to do what it has to do in the people's interest. And so um, we have a huge opportunity over the next three to five years to transform downtown, reinvigorate our tourist product And impact the GDP to the tune of approximately five and a half to seven and a half percent just from the increasing the cruise passenger spend from 50 to 200 dollars.
0: France was the number one tourist destination in the world and they've held that um, spot for like over 30 years and the reason why they um, say that France is so successful with their tourists is their attractions. They have the Eiffel Tower, they have Disneyland Paris, they have cultural sites, they have food and cuisine. And so if we want to improve our product, we should be looking at countries like France and the United Kingdom and, and ask ourselves, why are all these people going there and why they're so successful and what do we have to do uh, in the Bahamas to make our tourism product more successful. So as it relates to the number of tourists, I think, like you mentioned, the Shell, yes, you need to know that. But I think we have to drill down further into that. uh, Because when we look at, let's take the Bahamas and the Dominican Republic, for example, we had 7.2 million tourists to our shores in 2019. That was our peak year. Whereas Dominican Republic had 6.4 million. So someone looking at that may have thought that the Bahamas did much better than the Dominican Republic. But about 99 to 100% of the Dominican uh, Republican tourists are stopovers, whereas only 1.6 million of our tourists were stopovers. And so while the number is okay, and I think the number is mainly used politically to try to determine if things are, are going uh, to try to give the political edge. And even now, we, we hear persons in the industry saying, oh, you know, the numbers are up, the numbers are up, but they're not drilling down and showing where are these numbers are up and how, is, is, how are these numbers being up affecting the average Bahamian um, on the street. And while I believe the expenditure is a, a, an even better number because we had $4.125 billion of tourism expenditure, I still think we have to look at that because the question that we ask is, is that $4.2 billion trickling down into the economy to affect the average citizenry? So.
3: Well, it, it is affecting them. I mean, you, you just uh, open up with 39,000 direct employed, So it is impacting... You know, are we maximizing um, and leveraging what we have? Absolutely not. And um, hopefully, um, you know, the government, given the financial position in the country, will will address some of the urgent matters that needs to be addressed if we are to move forward. And so uh, I'm hopeful that, that they will make the right decision. But one thing about Dominican Republic compared to the Bahamas, whether you like it or not, our destination is very expensive compared to the rest of the Caribbean, and so um, because our destination is so expensive, we need to focus on service level, attraction level, cultural level. Because if you if you if the, if you're going to see something that few people s- ever saw, or you're going to learn something, the money. The extra $10, 20 $30 doesn't matter. But if it's always going to be sun, sand, and sea, then at some point that becomes very stale because you can go anywhere in the world and, and, and attract and see sun, sun, and sea.
0: And then who's a, whose fault it is that we are so expensive? You know, I, I saw a, another survey, tourism survey, and they said only 26% of the person that visited the Bahamas was satisfied that they were getting value for money. So if we have an expensive destination because we are attracting luxury tourists, that's one thing. But we're expensive not because of our product is at that, at that level. We're just expensive because this is a difficult place to live. Should the government of the Bahamas be responsible for countrywide investments in the nation's tourism product and infrastructure?
2: I think they should focus on infrastructure, not really tourism directly um, or infrastructure in terms of hotels or, you know, the government shouldn't be building hotels or anything of that sort. But you do need to put the facilities in place that would encourage people to um, do those types of things. And, and you know, those are your hospitals, um, the airports, particularly on the outer islands. Um, you know, for us to get to 6 million stopover visitors, we would need maybe another four to five Bahamas and you know, yes. there's no way we can put them in Nassau. So, <laughs> so they would have to be on, you know, family islands. But the only way that's gonna happen is if you have facilities there, are hospitals, um, decent airports where people feel like they can move to those islands, um, and stay there long term. So I think that's where the um infrastructure needs to to be focused on by the government, not really directly getting involved in in terms of building hotels and so forth.
1: Yeah, I agree with Angelo. I think that um the government should focus on infrastructure and also creating an environment for citizens to want to um, open businesses that are related to the tourism industry, whether you're giving like targeted grants, not grants, does somebody want to do something for what a hundred other people want to do? like We have to have an overall plan for what we want to do, but infrastructure is very important. Um, I visited Exoma last year, and we went by the salt pond, and we had an opportunity to walk up the stairs, this beautiful view, gorgeous beach, whatever. But walking up the stairs, the wood was rotted. There Mm -hmm. were, like, Mm -hmm. nails um, protruding out. And it's like, you had to be very, very careful. Of course, when you made it to the top, it was just absolutely gorgeous. But I think, like, things like that, that we don't really focus, we let the place sort of fall down. But was um, that government
3: property or was it private?
1: Well, I don't know, but... If you have this as a visitor attraction, then I think that there should be some sort of standard that I you agree keep, with you. yeah. Because yes, yes, there was also yes. um, something we also visited the a Pompeii heritage site, and it was just similarly in disrepair. So, you know, I, I just, just think we have to like look at these things. The airport, while clean, was just not you know up to par. If you expect you come into this expensive
0: destination, and you know, I think government should play a key role, and I think the first place the First place, government needs to start with is a national tourism strategy. Government should also be responsible for the safety and security of the, the tourism product, just as they are with the of the country. And then I think you can get that support with public-private partnership. Public-private partnerships, and, and you have uh, Mr. Ferguson and Angelo here, who were very instrumental. I can use an example with the NCP. Um, public-private partnership, where government is just sitting down and getting a dividend check. And the persons responsible are managing um, the port so that they're able to to have the benefit. So I think we... And then we mentioned the family islands. We need to have transportation, proper transportation going to these family islands. So a person should be able to come to uh, New Providence and easily get over to... Yeah, well, um, um, just
1: the, another the boat, is, a nice boat, ferry system. Yeah, so dramatic. I
0: think government should have a, a play, they and should, they should collaborate with the stakeholders to come up with a strategy and to put a product out there that's um, in the best interest of the economic growth and development um, of our country. Michelle, Angelo, and Anthony, we have come to the end of another episode of C-File Talks. Thank you so much for contributing to this discussion and thank you, audience, for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please send us a note at info at cfile.com or visit our website at www.cfile.com and show your support. Thank you, C-File, for sponsoring this episode. Until next time.